Welcome to Artist Friendly from Alternative Press. This week is part one of our three-part Chase Atlantic series. Today, I'm speaking with Christian Anthony. This one's on me. What do you think? Yeah. This is a great setup, man. Like it? Yeah, this is our first time seeing it. Thanks for coming. Love this. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you have me here. This is, this is really cool. I'm excited to be the coolest member of Chase Atlantic. Part of it. <laughs> you are. You are the... <laughs> You are the, uh, so, so you are kind of the, I feel like for Chase Atlantic, I feel like you're kind of the statesman a little bit. The statesman. A little bit. Well, elaborate. Like the. Like you got Mitchell and Clinton, which are the, the brothers who you've been kind of dealing with for. 10 How years. long now? 10, 10 years. years, 11 years. Yeah. And you're like the third brother. Yeah. You're yeah. like right in between. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like, from my perspective, I feel like you have Mitchell who is, you know, kind of like, it's hard to explain, but he's just like, couldn't be anything other than who he is. Like, yeah. he, he can't even think about it. He yeah. just is him. He's just yeah, he's 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 like chaotic genius. Yeah. And then like shy reclusive. Exactly. Like he's he's there's no in between. He's like if he's around people he loves. You couldn't force him. Yeah, no. No, you couldn't say, Here here's a million dollars, I need you to be this way. He'd yeah. be like, I he just Hell no. Could never happen. He just can't his yeah. brain does not function like he's, that. He's he's got he's like it's so different. He's this guy that's on stage that's like you know, Mitchell Cave. Yeah. And there's a guy that's at home landscaping his house. Yeah. Looking after his Trimming cats. His plants. And yeah. His, like, I'm sure he, spoke, he would have spoken about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Clinton. Yeah. Who's most of the time he's just in his head. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's always thinking about like the future. Yeah. Um, he was like like when it all started. He and still to this day he was he's kind of like the dad. You yeah. know, the one who would like. Like I was saying before, when we'd hop out at the studio like Power Rangers, yeah, he was the guy driving us around. Mitch and I didn't have licenses. Yep. So it was always like we were on Clinton's time, you know. And then as we've gotten older, we've you know moved out of houses and yep. stuff. But yeah, it's it's any worries. Yeah, he's he's thinking about everything. He's worried. Mm -hmm. He's got. But and then you're to me like you're in the middle. Of course, you're worried too. Of course, you're the artist. And Clinton is an art, uh, absolutely an artist. But to me, Clinton is like always in thought, always in his head, always thinking about like sometimes you have to pull him and go like, yeah. be here with yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We need you here. Totally. He's he's you know he's five albums ahead. Yeah, like he's, he's thinking about some some or some lighting or some video or yeah. something or some thing. <laughs> and yeah, he, he like before a show, he's walking around the venue, yeah. going up to the lighting guy, yeah. to the to the camera crew, like. He's we never were, happy yeah. with the, like, he's always like pushing something to be like, I always find with, with Clinton, he's like the sound, what's the sound he's, yeah. he's, he needs the sound, the mix better. He needs the thing. Like he's always thinking, the, analyzing, yeah. you know, they're both, they're both massive perfectionists yeah. and I, and I respect them a lot for that. Cause sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, it's fine. Like we don't have to worry right. about that. And then because they have. I look back at it and I'm like, thank God they did that because it wouldn't have been the same. Right. Wouldn't have been like when we did the live streams during COVID, 
the way that Clinton was really methodical with it, I would have been like, let's just do it. Like, let's just, um, you know, let's, we don't need to use all the amps. We don't need to use this. We don't need reverb on the vocals. Right. And Clinton and Mitchell would be very meticulous. Like, I know it's going to take longer and it's, you know, it's going to take two takes, three takes to get it how it is. And even though it takes longer, it always looks way better. And um, I think that's something I've learned from them is that sometimes it's not best to rush it and just say like, oh no, everything seems okay because a little bit extra goes like a long way. But and yeah. you guys balance each other out a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I always see you as the like the middle ground. Yeah. Like I see, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's too it's we two, have two to show brothers. up and play a show. Yeah. So at some point we have to get we have to get the it all there. Yeah. Yeah. I think um. Yeah, always always the middleman, which is which is tough sometimes. But since moving out, actually, it's been a lot easier. Living together was the best days of my life. Like yeah. when we lived in the house in Studio City. Yeah. COVID, you know, COVID was really terrifying at the start. Yeah. Still, you know, it's still going around. It's still terrible. But we just used it to like, I don't know, I guess we did get to somewhat of a dark place during COVID. But together, we came really close together because we were, you know kind of scared we, yeah. every day the news was just like and you're in america you're not with your family yeah we went we'd like check the news in australia we're like is the family okay at the start we were like thank god it's bad here and not bad there because if it was bad there and we couldn't get over to australia where our families that would have been scarier yeah but we you know we came a lot closer together during that time out of like genuine fear and like uncertainty um no touring, so we, you know, usually you make an album, go on tour, do interviews, everything just closed down. I mean, MDDN closed down. Yeah. Everything closed down. We had to. Everyone had to close down any any buildings with more than X number of people or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. I remember being here at like the start of March and speaking to, I think it was Benj, and being like, I think Benji was like, yeah, have you heard about this virus? And we were kind of, you know, joking like, oh, yeah, imagine yeah. it comes here and then. Yeah, yeah. then it was here. It's terrible. I know. Fucking terrible. And and now it's almost like it feels like everyone's just moved on. I know. I even said yesterday, I was like, I can't believe COVID was two years ago, but it's still like, it's still around. It's not gone. I mean, it's still, people are still dying from it. Yeah, I know. But it's just weird culturally how everyone's just like, people don't even really test anymore. No. No one. Nope. I just told you, like, I wasn't in London with you guys because I got it for the first time. That was the first time. First time, yeah. It's so crazy to me. And it was still, it, I mean, it wasn't nothing. Yeah, it's not. I was sick. I was sick for nothing. two weeks. It's real serious. This is weird. Well, it's like, it's either real serious or people can like have no symptoms. I mean, Dwayne got it at the end of uh, when he came and joined the second half of the last tour. Yeah. Dwayne got it and his whole crew got it in Canada. That's crazy. So they had issues coming back in. When was the last time you were in Australia? Uh, Christmas. Okay. Christmas was, so brought my partner over for the first time. So we've been together for two years since uh-huh. you know, we got together during COVID. Um, COVID so, babies. COVID, yeah. So it was <laughs> So it was her first time meeting my parents. Great. And I know you've met my dad. Love and, your dad. Uh, Love your family. He, he's a... Uh, He's a bit of a, a bit of a handful. So she, she, the poor thing had met my brother in Amsterdam. Yeah. So she'd been to Amsterdam, met my brother. And funny enough, my brother's like my second dad. Yeah. Like he's nine and a half years older than me. Yeah. He's actually like even stricter. He'll be like, 
why are you getting tattoos? Why are you getting hard on you? Yeah. yeah. And like, why is your hair so long on my dad? Because like, your dad is a little bit, to me, he's a little bit of like a, he reminds me of like one of the, like, he's like, a, to me, he's like an adventurer, yeah. like a pirate. He's a pirate. He's like a sailor. He's a pirate. Yeah. He's he like <laughs> just sails around the world yeah. and like does cool shit. Yeah. I mean, during that 2018, when we were going around the world, I just be playing a show at like Puku Pop in yeah. Belgium and yep. they'd just be in, in Belgium. And yeah. then... Barcelona. What are you doing here? Climbing yeah. a mountain, mate. Yeah, <laughs> we're going horseback riding. <laughs> we're going to take some shrooms and yeah. climb a mountain. Like that's what I. Yeah. Your dad reminds me yeah. of. Like, he's, but by the way, like by no means he like he has his shit together. Yeah, he's like it's not like like uh like uh like he's. He's he's like a man. Like to me, he reminds me of like someone who's like, let's go see if we can do that. Yeah. Oh, he's like wrestle a bear. He, uh, my brother during COVID uh, had this brilliant idea. This thing called Storyworth. Yeah. Shout out Storyworth. Storyworth. It's a cool concept. So it's uh, they mm -hmm. ask you questions. Mm -hmm. I think it's like ten or twelve questions. It comes once every three months. Okay. And you like answer in depth and you basically at the end you get this journal of your life. So it starts with like, what was it like where you grew up? So dad is from New Zealand, Renunga, from this very small mining town. Yep. So his story from there and like his parents owning a little dairy, which is like a convenience store. Going from there and then at 19, getting into film and television, moving to Australia. So being able to like read his story, you just, you, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Is his story worth something that your brother did? So no no so my no no oh, okay so, I was like did he start this no company? no 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 okay okay I was gonna <laughs> you're gonna invest that sounds <laughs> fucking cool no so it's a great thing because you get to tell the whole story in an in depth as possible right and knowing my dad he's just got bloody paragraphs and pages and pages um, stories about how he met my mom little stories that I've you know that just you know as you're writing. You just remember things and remember things. Yep. And he's such a great storyteller that I just can't wait for the book at the end. I feel like it's going to be a number one seller. People awesome. who, who have ne no idea who he is are like, damn, that guy's had a crazy life. Your, your dad is super cool. It, but it's it's cool to see, to be able to meet people's parents is pretty cool when, when you get the opportunity to see like if there's someone that you care about or someone you like. That's why meeting your 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 partner's parents is always cool, but yeah, but nerve wracking, but nerve wracking, nerve wracking because yeah. you know, all it could take is a little, like when I met her parents, Wrong um, nerve. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, you know, on my best behavior and like, what is, I mean, you know, this is got to go there and you're like, oh, I'm in a band. It's, yeah. like, it's like the worst possible thing you could say to a worst parent. thing. Yeah. Your dad's like, say. what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> what do you great. mean? Great. Another band. But then you'd be like, oh, if you come to a show, it's like, You'll see. It's kind of it's it, we're we're doing okay. We're Please trying. Come. Yeah, we're 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 going somewhere. Yeah, it's not just a hobby. Yeah, and then um, uh, luckily we're pretty hard to understand. So I think we got away with some of the swearing in New York. Yeah, yeah. So they came to the New York show. Yeah, at Pier Seventeen. I met them. You met them. Yeah, yeah. Pier Seventeen. Out. Yeah, and they they're so sweet. So I was kind of you know we went to Amsterdam. My brother and my brother's now wife were warning Cass, like, well, you know, get ready to meet James. Yeah. And then my cousins were at the New York show and they're like, oh, I'd pay to see front row tickets. So Casilda's- I bet your dad loves her. 
Picked her up as yeah. soon as he saw her. Of course. Her, picked her up, spun her around, said, we're so happy to have you here. And then yeah. closed the door on me. And <laughs> yeah. Closed the door and said, bye, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Go get the bags. So he, so they got along great. And then um, was never worried about mom. She's just the sweetest. Yeah. She's, she's sweet. Angel. So what do you feel like? Okay. So, so I always also feel like you're the one, one of the... You're the one member of Chase Atlantic that I feel like, I do feel like you, like, are you going to settle in Australia, you think? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's how I feel like you're the one yeah. who settles in Australia. I just think. Is that weird? No, because no, you, you're right. So is it good? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know if Mitchell, I know at some point wants to go to Hawaii. Honolulu, right. he's Which like, I could totally see. Yeah. Like Mitchell needs the space and the quiet and the like, the zen of Hawaii is yeah. like what he needs. Yeah. Like I feel that for him. Yeah. Clinton, I feel like probably is in LA. Yeah. Like he loves he, it. His his mind never quiets. He's, yeah. He needs the the hustle stimulation of it. He could he could you could put drop Clinton in New York as well. New York, like yeah. Even, oh, I mean, Japan as well, places like yeah, that. Like, like I sci-fi. Think, I think if Mitchell as well sees Japan, because we've never been to Japan. Right. I think when Mitchell sees Japan, because we went to Singapore. Right. And I know you've been to Singapore before for the- Singapore's for the, great. Tokyo is like the next level of like all the things that yeah. you want to experience. It's it's like sci-fi. It's, yeah. it's the coolest. We're off to South America in a couple of months, which will be our first time. South America and then- North America. Well, you, well, they, they, you guys have a lot of fans in Brazil. Yeah, I know. And we've been, you know, it's been a pretty rocky few roads trying to get this to a You guys have personally been trying to get to Brazil, but tons of shit has happened and it's yeah. just been wonky getting and, it all. You know, and like COVID totally and understandable and for the fans. The, yeah. the first people they're like, oh, well, it must be that these three don't want to come. And no. that's never the case. Right. It's never the case. So... The sooner we can get over there, the better. Looks like we're finalizing. We got that festival coming up, um, yeah. So that's all been announced. Festival well, in Mexico as well, which is sick. Which you guys are gonna love. I love Mexico. Yeah, Mexico's the best. We but, did. We went to Cozumel together. Yeah, remember yeah. we were on the when we did the Warp Tour cruise. Yeah. I was speaking about that with Benji in um, London. That was crazy, right? That was, that's a long time ago. I still got a video on my Instagram of us jumping on stage with you guys for Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous. Well, one thing that I guess it's hard to relay to the fans, and I'm sure a lot of them are listening, and probably all the fans in Brazil are listening to this right now. I think what is hard for them to understand sometimes is the logistics yeah. of actually getting you, like you guys can, can want to do a show as much as you want. Mm. But if anything goes on with the promoter or anything goes on with any of the things between you guys and them yeah it always falls on you guys it's always going to come across like you guys didn't do something whatever if but i think if a promoter's not making money they're not they don't want you out they or they yeah or something else could go wrong with some other show they're doing yeah and like their business could there's so many reasons of between the band and the fans getting you there and and you, know, you actually hitting the stage all those months and problems in between that, yeah. that need to be solved every now and then when something like that especially going to brazil 
and especially the Brazil fans and the fans in South America, I would say, have been early on you guys. Absolutely. For a long time. Absolutely. I but mean, getting there is really fucking hard. It's really tough. But the, you're so right. I mean, the, I look at songs like um, Umami and like mm -hmm. that was a thousand percent pushed by the Brazilian fans, the South American fans. Yeah. Um, and the North American fans in Mexico. And I just like, we just want to go out there and play those songs. Yeah. For them, you know, yeah. like, and then they you know, I can understand because I see situations like with what happened in the UK, um, having to change venues because of the really tragic accident. But we, we had a really good relationship with obviously Paul Ryan over there in the UTA and we're able to, um, it's a place we've been before. So we have good relationships and we can sort these problems out. We've never been to Brazil. Yeah, we don't know these promoters, so yeah, it's hard. It was it was just so much harder. Yeah, and what people don't realize early, earlier on with with uh, your music, especially like you could say like two to three years ago when you guys were right on the cusp of getting now now where you are today and where you were two three years ago, two different places. Yeah. So going to Brazil still costs hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to make the whole thing happen, and for for. A, where you were then it was impossible, impossible for you guys to solve that yeah and so i think it's 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 sweet though that you guys get to finally go down there yeah and i'm sure that like we're it's so gonna be one of the sickest shows yeah i just can't wait to play like some of the some of the classics is that they've never got got to hear you know they never got to hear friends or swim Crazy. or any of that and then same with japan yeah. I mean, have you heard the story about mitchell in singapore i mean i know he was getting recognized everywhere yeah. He's pretty, he's pretty like recognizable. <laughs> yeah. But like, it says something about when you're walking down the street in a country you've never been, Singapore, Yeah, you'll likely have the same experience in Japan. Yeah. You'll likely have the same experience in, if you went to Indonesia, yeah. if you went to Thailand, it, it says a lot about where your music is today, um, <clears throat> which is a great way to, I feel like the beginning of our conversations is always like we're catching up but the things that i really want to talk to you about with chase atlantic is you have to be aware of how important chase atlantic is in the modern music landscape yeah whether you could say it or would say it uh you likely wouldn't i don't know sometimes i feel like the three of you live in a bubble where you're just making music and going out and touring and you're not experiencing your music from the outside like i am yeah um i'm privy to go in the bubble sometimes and and get to see how you guys work but i'm existing outside of the bubble watching it grow and the thing i'll say is it's the most organic musical organism that i've ever been a part of yeah i mean i i couldn't agree with you more. I think from the beginning, like the early days in Madden, like when we first came here to do the first record, even from them, we were just these young guys. You know, we had a couple EPs out. We played in front of, you know, 200 people in Sydney. But from then, we always had like a vision and we never really settled. I remember us being, I mean, honestly, we were kind of, we probably to some people would have seemed like we were being kind of like prima donnas where we're like, no, we're not doing it this way. It has to be done our way. We have to write it. We have to have control over everything. And we, you know, at the time, we didn't have anything to kind of 
proved that we were going to go in this direction with just a feeling. And I think you guys had the same feeling. We just, and you and Benji always said this. And I think Josh as well always said, just trust your gut because your gut has gotten you this far. And that's what we just continue to do. And it's something that I think we still live by. I think you've gotten good at it. Yeah. Trusting the gut. Um, You know, we listened, we obviously listened to other people, but a lot of the time, even sessions with people, you know, these acclaimed songwriters and stuff, We've, we've spoken about this, that we get into the room together and then once we're in rooms with other people, most of the times it doesn't work out because we just want to do things our way. We, you know, we want to be at the helms of the ship. You know, we want to be the captains. We want to steer it and drive it. And understandably, some people who come to the sessions are like, well, you know, this isn't going to work. This collaboration might not work. And that's just because we have a clear vision and... Our vision is to make everything like going back to being the perfectionist, you know, people might be like, oh, it's good at how it is. But Mitchell and Clinton and sometimes myself can hear like this is this is not how this is not Chase Atlantic quality just yet. But also like there's something to be said for like to me, there's an honesty in there when you listen to all the records one Mm -hmm. after the other, when you listen to the EPs, the records. And you listen to the growth of the music over time. Yeah. And you see the art. If there's also something about you guys wanting to, it strikes me, I feel like I know you guys pretty well. You want to do it yourself, not for any other reason than to push to the limit of what you're personally capable of. Yeah. And if someone else is coming in and maybe they're up here in their career yeah. or experience or even skill, right? Mm. Acclaimed songwriters, yeah. producers, whatever. If that's not you, in my mind, you guys are like, we'll get there on our own. We yeah. don't want you. We don't want to take your success, your skill. We yeah. want to build our own. Build our own. So we want to push our thing to the limit of what we can do yeah. and keep pushing it. And I feel like you guys are kind of like, from my experience in 20-some years, you guys are one of the most unique group of artists that collaborate together, work together as a band, write together, produce together, dream together, yeah, and do it as a unit. Chase Atlantic today, 11, 12 million monthly listeners on Spotify. That's with no... Hot 100 charting single. No, no radio play. No radio play. No support. No support. It feels like you guys have been outside of the mainstream so long enough yeah. that you don't depend on it to make you feel good about yourself. Well, that was a problem with the with the early days was they, they couldn't put us on any playlist. They weren't sure if it was R&B, was it alternative, was it pop, was it rock? Yeah. And then they started almost making... What was it like the the Gen Z playlists and stuff and right. things like TikTok that just people don't care about the genres anymore. People but that didn't exist really didn't, when you guys started. When we were starting, we met when you were a teenager. Yeah, I was still in, I was in, we were in year high ten. School. Yeah, year ten or I I crazy got permission that day from my parents to leave <laughs> school to come meet you guys. What did they say? Uh, well, I mean, you guys, good Charlotte was. Easily before you guys did the voice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was, I'll show you. I mean, I explain this to people in America as well. I'm like, you guys were the, you know, the One Direction of Australia. Like, couldn't go to any of the dances I without like them playing, you know, one of the songs. And I was a massive fan, you know. And so that day, that day when we met, well, 
I think someone had reached out on Twitter to something to the group and originally yeah. we didn't think it was real. So we just yeah. kind of ignored it or something That's or funny. an email. So yeah, we, it was like, weird. It, it was hard to get to you guys at first. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I, I really want to meet. And then we met. Remember, it was in it was, we were in Bondi. Yep, it was Bondi. I don't know. I don't know if people just saw then, but me picking up a water bottle, taking yep. off the cap off, and putting it back on is actually symbolic because the first day we met, I remember I had this water bottle and I was shaking so much. Yeah, you were shaking. I a dropped bit. the cap on the floor <laughs> and I was just put it back. I was like, I'm not picking up the cap in front of these guys. No was, way. Dude, I was so nervous. You guys were so freaking. You guys were so cool. So young and still you, the same guy I met is the same guy that's sitting here. And that's one of the things that I feel like that's how I know I'm right. Yeah. There's nothing better than when you meet a talented person who hasn't been, you know, fully realized, you know, especially at your age, you were, you were young. You, you, there's no way you guys could be fully realized at that age. Yeah. But I'd say you guys are very, if not, if you're not there, you're very close to being like the fully realized version of like yeah what you were setting out to be mm -hmm. right i mean you're moving into arenas yeah. you're moving into all the, the level that everyone dreams of getting to yeah and i still think we we're not proving people wrong necessarily but you know people i still feel sometimes are trying to play it safe with us they're not sure how big it is because you know they're not seeing this massive fan base that we have this like really solid core of people that have just well those people exist in places that you don't care about yeah that's why they haven't fully realized it exactly yet. they'll be this is what happens in music so any artist that's out there that's making art they care about versus trying to have what i would call the success measured by the you know the the industry as a standard. Yeah. Uh, they have to create those metrics to mm. make sense of art. But we know that art, you can't always make sense of it. No. And then usually later on, it makes sense. And you're, you know, you're arriving to the party with everyone else. Yeah. So by the time the people that don't, that struggle to make sense of Chase Atlantic can. Yeah. You'll you won't care because yeah. you'll have moved on to, moved to on the to next it. phase of your, so that's just tends to be how it works. So the satisfaction of an artist that I think the satisfaction we want to get as artists, like there is a little bit that we'll never get because the people that measure the standard mm. are way behind. Yeah. So I think like Chase Atlantic has always been ahead mm -hmm. and you guys live ahead. That's yeah. just how you think. And I mean, if even when it comes to the songwriting, we'll have written a song, you yeah. know, three years ago, and that's when it starts to pick up, and we're like, maybe we're a bit ahead of this. You have a lot of artists that like your band. Mm. You guys have been influential in, I think, the recent years. You've definitely had an influence on people. And mm -hmm. I think I always say to artists, like, to meet the guys is to love them. The decisions you make for your music are going to be the what's best for your music. So that has nothing to do, like if if you're not going to collaborate with someone or if you're not, what, whatever decisions you make for your music is your music. And I like always, I always respect the the lines you guys draw. Yeah. I always think that's really, I, I wish I would have done more of that when I was your age. Yeah. But I think that's a, a good thing with having three people. 
it's a it's a democracy in a way where if it's two people against one not and not against when I say that it's like we we go through the pros and cons with everything with shows um with appearances we say how is this going to make us look how much control do we have over it and then we'll come together kind of kind of a vote but not really it's just like if if two people are really interested and I'll sometimes be the one that'll bring up a lot of questions right <clears throat> um like you know like we have this performance thing coming up just a small thing and I've got questions about it but you know Clinton just reassures me of all the questions like this will be fine cuz this is going to be when we're in Lake Tahoe doing the album right and I really want to be like for this for this you know like this is our fourth album coming up yep I want to be like super locked in and in the zone so that's why you know go to a cabin lock ourselves in this beautiful cabin go fishing like you said just yeah. like what we used to do back in the day when we were doing the first album, the Why Stop Nows, and right. when we were in our element, when we'd go to Yosemite, and yep. that's what we would do every time, even before Beauty and Death. Be with nature. Be with nature, and that's what—that's how we grew up. You know, Mitchell and Clinton from Cairns being surrounded by this beautiful tropical um, paradise, and then me being from the beaches. Like we grew up in nature, and LA's actually got a lot of beautiful places just around it. Like you. Growing up, you never think, when you think of Los Angeles, you think of like the Hollywood Walk and like the sign and stuff, but you don't think about the beautiful mountains that like surround it. Or the desert or yeah, all Yosemite like, yeah. or... You know, out the roof when we're going out to the yep. to desert up in, uh, what is it, Lanka, Lankish? Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah, Lancaster. There. I mean, there's so much, so many beautiful different like biomes around. Yeah. Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. Like yeah. we haven't even done like a Joshua Tree record yet. Yeah, well, you will. <laughs> Everyone has to do a Joshua yeah. Tree record. So that, yeah, but that's interesting too, because like when you listen to Chase Atlantic's music, you could say you guys are very like electronic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, but when I think of you, I think of you guys as organic and live. Yeah, it's so interesting because like you guys are great at programming and you write yeah. music that has really lends itself to like the modern era of music. Mm -hmm. But you all play instruments and yeah. like it's. I mean, you're a better guitar player than I am. And I'm so overrated. No, but <laughs> we're, you, but, we're the most overrated guitar players. But your music could be categorized as electronic. Yeah. But it's not. It's live. I mean, yeah. you guys are all playing. It's just interesting, like, the layers you guys have as a band. And then when it's, it's, it's such an interesting juxtaposition because when I also look at you guys, you look like a modern group. Yeah. But you're really, like, old souls your yeah. old like your your it's weird like you guys exist like a lot of the old bands that i used to that we used to tour with and i think about like where are you guys it's kind of very australian yeah like how nature centric you guys are yeah. in your lives well i'm i think just like even though chase atlantic you know chase atlantic's been around for a while we may have only really started to get um it's a decade yeah you know it's yeah. a decade you you've been with us for like 99% of the ride. Yeah. There was that 1% where we were making the first EPs yeah. and stuff in bed. Like I've a still, long time you guys got. Yeah. I mean, the guys were in college, um, university. Yeah. And I was in year 12 when we had like our first song kind of pop off. Yep. And, you know, we were just in school. And then, um, you know, you guys kind of brought us out here for the first time. We had no money. We couldn't afford to fly out to, to Los Angeles and, yeah. and stay. And you guys like put us in a place brought us to a studio and, and kind of like, I mean, when you guys got this place for the first album, we just, we just locked ourselves in yeah. those rooms every night. Great. And then in the new record, we have the song cold nights 
Yeah. And that is that was written during that first album cycle. Oh wow. And some of the first some of the first words. I don't know why we decided to revisit it. Um, because it's a really good song. I don't know why we didn't release it in the first place. But um the lyrics are, are about us spending every night in the studio because that's that was all we had at the time. We're like, we have to make a record, you know? We have to make John and Benji proud. We have to prove to our family that like this has justified us. This is worth this is, it. This is worth it, you know. We're not throwing our lives yeah, away. You know? And then mom and dad were like, the only thing we want you to do is finish high school. If you can finish high school, we'll be happy. My mom said the same thing to me. Yeah, just finish high school. Yeah. Because um, I already knew when I was in 10th, 11th grade, I was like, it's, it's over. I'm going. Yeah, I would go to the go to the library and just like, you know, people are studying and I'm just playing music and, you know, messing Promoting around. Promoting it online or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just like just messing around. And, um, you know, speaking to Mitchell and Clinton all day about songs, Mitchell and Clinton at that time, uh, during the early days, it would just be them two, like starting ideas, and they would send them to me, and I would either write a verse, and then I would fly first to Cairns and then to Brisbane, and we'd spend three weeks together. And I guess, you know, we're 16, 17, and it's just us three in a house together. Oh, actually, and Taylor as well. Taylor was there. Yeah. Um, and that was just, again, some of the most fun days where we would just spend all day playing games and, you know, cooking our own food and stuff, which was yeah. super weird. Mitch and I are too young to buy beers, so Clinton would go and get beers for us. <laughs> and then somehow at the end of the day, we'd sit down and there's like, I've got a video of it on my Instagram where like just started with like a bass riff for fun. And then Mitchell just started experiencing with like electronic drums. And that's how we got friends. Yeah. And even though friends on what you're saying is a band song. No, it's like a it's like a rock song. It's it's one of my favorites still. Yeah, it's I, start- I can't stand it when y'all if y'all don't play ever don't play it. You have to tell Mitchell that man. I, I know. I always him. tell Mitchell. Dude, I always oh, tell like, him, bro. As well. You've got to play Friends. I said he went to the 1975 concert, and I said I promise you they're gonna play Chocolate. And if they play Chocolate, we were at dinner with Benji, and they were going to the concert. <laughs> yeah. And I said if they play Chocolate, we have to play Friends again. And he was like, sure, sure. The story that I heard is that they got there late and as soon as they walked in, they were playing chocolate. And I was like, we have to play Friends again. Uh, we have to. We have to play Mitchell, Friends again. Mitchell, if you're listening. If you're listening, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> in fact, I'll guarantee you a bunch of people will go online after hearing this and petition yeah. for Friends. Well, I just think it's an important part of the Chase Atlantic journey, story. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of times I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah. I don't want to play some songs off our first album because I don't like hearing myself sing. Like, there's some moments where I like kind of am like, ooh. Totally. But it's part, but but I feel like we have to look at ourselves yeah. at our younger version when we maybe, even if we made a mistake or if we did something, whatever we did, we have to love our young self. Yeah. Because we didn't know. You didn't know. And now you could say we edit ourselves, and we and and I, I do. I mean, I'm 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 too cool. Yeah. To do that or this or yeah. that. Like, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like what happens to us as we grow up is we get too cool because we got made fun of enough, or we yeah. got criticized enough, or we got we 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 were embarrassed enough that we started editing ourselves. It's natural. Yeah. I don't think I'm not saying we should be anyone else than we who we are right now. Yeah. But we should also love that version of ourselves totally. that didn't know any better. Like we have this song on um 
on uh, the first album, uh, Good Charlotte, uh, Little Things. And in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this song is dedicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get embarrassed yeah. to hear that sometimes on the wrong day. Sometimes yeah. I don't give a fuck. But sometimes I'm like, oh, don't play that for so-and-so. I don't want so-and-so to hear it or whatever. Yeah. But then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I was trying my best at a time that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do something yeah. good. And I was trying my best. And I've got to embrace that. Yeah. And this is not... This and is this, not, and yeah. yours isn't even as bad as mine. No, Trust me. Like, had, Friends is dope. Yeah. I, I love Friends. And, and it's cool as shit. I completely agree with what you're saying. And it's not even selective to... Um, to music or to the entertainment industry, you know, people go through high school, you know, Pictures. trying different, yeah, trying different clothes. I mean, even this like TikTok era, I feel like people, you know, doing the dancing videos might look back one day and be like, "Oh, I probably shouldn't have posted, you know, so many videos of me dancing." But that's just what we're doing. That's at the what time. we do. That's what we do. Fuck you, it. You know, don't worry about what people are going to think in ten years, and don't be like embarrassed about you know a mistake. Because not for being yourself. Yeah. Hell no. Worry about it if you're saying some bullshit yeah. or you're hating someone or you're See, being that's... fucking mean. Do you feel like Australia understands you guys yet? Well, this is uh yeah so. I, I don't think we've been played on Triple J once. Right. And that's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and diss Triple J. It is what it is. I understand that they have a certain musical quota. They have this I- ideology of like what's cool and what's not. And they believe that they're the tastemakers for that. Totally understand. Not going to diss your Triple J. But we were never part of that. And not once was Triple J ever incorporated in our story. And I think the biggest bands in Australia have all at some point had Triple J a part of their story. Um, yet you go back to Australia, you sell out all your shows and we sell out, we sell out the, the end mall in one day. And then we sell out Horton pavilion, like again, the next day, the next day. And that's, that's to me in my experience. So that says to me, the people, the people, the know, fans love you. The fans know, but then there's no, I was actually speaking to my friends and, um, and my dad about this. There's, you know, the enemy in Australia. There's all these great publications, right? And they just, there's not one mention about us doing get, something no, You historic. don't get any love from them. The, to me, like, without trying to sound too arrogant, that's historic. I'm from Sydney. I've seen bands play, you know, the Horton. With hits. With hits, you know. I've seen some, some bands with four or five people on that, you know, on that lineup. Um, and... We, the year before or two years before we played in front of 700 people in Sydney to come back, play 5,000. And then the next night, excuse me, 2,400 people. And the next time you go, you'll likely play the arena. And not not a single word about it. We're not in a magazine, no newspaper, nothing about it. That's interesting. I was on the, on the, um, listening to the radio on the way to the Horton show. And they're talking about a different show that night at a smaller venue at the Oxford arts factory. Right. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what have we done to upset these people? Well, I, I don't know if I would look at it that way. I think that like, first of all, the thing that I feel like is important to say is that, and this is why I ask because I know Australia is important to you. Yeah. And I think that sometimes in Australia, People go away to, you know, America or they'll go to the UK and they'll find success. Yeah. And I think sometimes in Australia, people get 
they, they can sometimes look at it like, oh, you left, you don't care about us. Yeah. And, I, and I know that to not be true because I've known you guys. Yeah. And you know how much I love Australia. Of course. And how much time I've spent there in my life. And it's it, it's really like a second home. Yeah. And if there was any other place I'd live besides America where my wife is from and yeah. her family is, if there was anywhere else I was going to live, it would be Sydney. Austra yeah, Australia. I would live in Sydney. I love Sydney. I love Australia. Um um, but I also understand sometimes I feel like I can almost feel people there thinking yeah. or like, I don't know, it's weird. No, it's 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 totally mm. a real thing. Um, it happens in the sports world as well. Right. Like if you have a sports player, we had this fantastic rugby player who just gave it a shot. He wanted to come over here and play football and he just got completely slaughtered in the press and stuff. And it's anybody for trying and... It's something that always is playing in the back of my head right now, and it's ASAP Rocky, and he's he's in an interview, and he's like, "When did it become lame for people to try things? Like for people to actually try? Yeah. When did that become not like? When did that become uncool? But I actually think that like anybody on the street, if you're walking down the street in Bondi or in Sydney somewhere or anywhere in Australia, and you met any person in that, and 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 whether they'd heard of Chase Atlantic or not, they would get it. Yeah. But it's almost like a systematic behavior yeah. of the press and the people that control. And the venues. And the venues. It's the venues and the, and like when we went there the one time, we couldn't get into these venues. They would look and they say, well, Triple J is not playing you. You're not right. on Triple J. You're not in the, you know, you're not in the top 100. But Triple J will likely play you guys. I hope so. It, absolutely. I think that it's only a matter of time because of the size of your fan base. Yeah. I think that like, there's no way they can deny the people listening. Yeah. Like the size of your fan base in Australia is now massive. Mm. But then you also have other bands like the 1975. You have Matt Healy coming out, you know, Triple J doing... Um, this is not a Triple J diss at all, by the no, way. No, no, it's just, just Triple J kind of represents the standard of like Australia. what is set for like cool shit exactly. in Australia. So it's a it, it's not just Triple J because I actually think personally, I look at your your band's uh, success there with the fans. Yeah. And it's insane. It's insane. But the, the, the kind of music industry at large... Uh, feels like they're punishing you guys a little bit for coming mm. here and signing yeah. and doing. So I get that too, by the way, because yeah. I've ex I've worked obviously in Australia and in America. I understand all of the kind of the feelings and the politics and all that. And I think that at I've always said this to you guys, you just have to continue to be you. Us. And at some point, no one can deny you, mm. especially if you're, if you're honest and you're just unapologetic about doing what you feel you have to do. Um, because also to, to, I, I know this for a fact that any journalist that would sit down with you guys, any program director, music director for any radio station, any label person, any person in the industry could sit down with you guys will love you guys because you're very honest and you're super cool and friendly. You're very Australian in the scent in that way of like, yeah. you could hang with anyone, have a beer and it's cool. Yeah. Whether they like were your biggest fan or not. Yeah. And that's why I think like you're, it's a long road, but the, the next time you go down there, I think you're playing arenas and you're likely doing a lot of stuff you weren't doing because there's at some point you can't deny the fans. Yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine if we're over there next time arenas, which I, th I really believe we're going to be doing arenas next time. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I think seven thousand so or seven and a half thousand odd tickets in Sydney alone. I think like, so too. Yeah, and, and in I, in a few days, it's, it's. And I just I just hope that there's some things about it because, like you said, the people the people know, the fans know, my friends know. When I think about Chase Atlantic, I think of the, you guys are the perfect example of, and anyone that's listening that's building something, right? Maybe they're in a band or maybe they're building a career as a makeup artist or yeah. maybe they're building a business or maybe they're, you know, I always think the years, the years zero to 10 of the development of anything are the most critical. Yeah. And in somewhere in year... Like I think it's zero to five is development. Yeah. Five to ten is phase one where you start to see some success and some fruit from all yeah. of the trying. I think you guys are entering phase two. Yeah. Where now you're going to probably do the work that the world will know you for. Yeah. And all your fans out there that have been here, they know from the first EP yeah. to the last record. I know every word. They know every song. That's your roots. That's yeah. your core. Those yeah. fans are going to like, they'll be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. As long as you guys are who you are, they're they're they'll they'll be who they are and they'll grow with you. What our relationship has been so great for. This is ages ago when I said I lost my train of thought. Is that always has been what we've said is we do it the way we want to. We trust our guts, we trust our instincts. We don't mind, we'll do the longevity. At the start, you know, I remember us coming in and saying like, oh, why haven't we, you know, we just released our first song. Why isn't it number one on the radio? Because we didn't understand. And you guys, yeah. you're like, you know, take it easy. The longevity, building that backbone and what you're saying the first five years of the fundamentals. If you skip those fundamentals oh. and you go straight to phase one, then you've got nothing to fall back and on. And the wheels will fall off. Wheels will fall off. So it's it's really frustrating for an artist as someone who's been in that and I'm sure you have too those first five years where you're like you know it's plateaued you might have a little bump but you know it's still plateaued it's not like like I don't know if this is gonna get any bigger but for Mitchell Clinton and I I don't know why there was just never any doubt I always tell artists be weary of the early pop success yeah what you see a lot is Artists that have early pop success try to reverse go go to indie afterwards. Indie afterwards. They try to they 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 go through the early pop success. It's not quite what they thought it would be. Yeah. And as an artist, and they get older and they start to mature in other ways. Yeah. And as an artist, they want to relate to the artists that they love. Yeah. And they want to make art that is maybe feels different. Yeah. Now, pop success is incredible in some ways yeah you guys have done the indie kind of independent success uh and so you've yet to have the pop success yeah but and this is the thing that's crazy about chase atlantic you sell more tickets yeah than a lot of the pop success artists yeah so that's the interesting thing is like it's taken you 10 years, mm -hmm. but now you have this fan base that if and when you do have that pop moment, they're going to celebrate that too. Exactly. Your and fans are going to love that. It's, 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 um, it's, it's a real thing, which again is what, our, what you and Benji would always say, the, having the real fan base, the difference between internet fame and, you know, and getting streams and plays. It's like, how does that translate to a, a live aspect? And that was something that you guys always, you know, pushed us on, you know, you pushed us on 
No, sorry, not pushed us. He forced us on our first tour. <laughs> Just he forced us on Warp Tour. No, so like doing things like Warp Tour, where obviously you know you're not getting paid a lot. Doesn't matter, but it's basically boot camp for boot bands. Camp. It's boot it's camp. Twenty six shows in a row. You never have to do that ever again. It's like yeah, here you yeah, go. You've done yeah. that. Don't worry. You never have to do twenty six shows like that ever again. But you you learn got through it. You get through it. Didn't break up. You no, you didn't break <laughs> up. You, you you get tougher, you know, tougher um tougher skin. I actually just in London we saw Rob from Don Broco, and that was the first time we had seen him since Warp Tour. Yeah, you make tons of friends. Tons of friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had the Palais Royal guys. Yeah, um, dude. You you guys, you earn your water parks. Water parks guys. Yeah, there. it was crazy times. Yeah, back then. but God, it was uh, it was. It was it was hell. It was Fucking really work. tough, really tough. Like you get up. I don't know. If, surely the people have know this, but you get up every day at eight o'clock to get go unload. Schedule. You unload the buses, and you don't know. So everyone's up because you don't know if you're playing at eight, uh, ten a.m. or if you're playing at you know four p.m. Yeah. yeah. So you're just, crazy. You have but two people have to go unload the trucks anyway. Gotta get the merch to the merch tent. Yep. You gotta get everything out. So you sorted. do that. So the bands are doing that. The bands are all there unloading everything and then you get your schedule and it's like all right i'm gonna go back to fucking bed <laughs> like yeah. and then you try and you go back to bed and it's warp tour so there's a bunch you know there's screaming artists and metal bands which is great love that when it's 6 p.m not when it's yeah no when it's 10 a.m i'm like trying to find where the coffee you've been is up since yeah. 4 a, to, 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 you've been up till 4 a.m yeah. Right before yeah and then the i mean honestly at that time people on warp tour are superhuman like, right you know, staying up till 4 a.m., 5 a.m., going crazy because they party every night, every night. It's, summer, a, it's like they call it punk rock summer camp. Yeah, it's, it's, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, and every band throws like each night, it'll be someone else's party. So there'll be, you know, Youngblood had his party one night. Yeah. Weird that ass. was back in the day, though. You guys and Youngblood were yeah, sharing a bus. Sharing a bus. Remember that? Yeah, of course I do. You guys, dude, th that was. I, I also think like as hard as the work is there on that tour, because especially like you guys weren't in a spot where like, like you sir there is like a hierarchy on that tour with the bands that have mm -hmm. been doing it for a decade and this. And so, so at the time you guys were coming in, having to get to know everybody. Yeah. So everyone's like, who are these kids? Yeah. From Australia. Mm -hmm. Right. Can, they were people, the question was, can we hang? You can know? you hang? Can we hang? Can we, can we, you know? open up before Don Broco who's you know bloody you guys great heavy that. band and we did too we had yeah. no like not to sound arrogant but we we knew we were like we That's can not arrogant, bro. yeah I mean the first tour you guys put us on was with you know Sleeping With Sirens Palais Royal yep. The White Noise which was so you know polar different to what but you we did were. it and that's what made our band live a heavy rock band we're a like we're a heavy band live we're, yeah it's a rock show yep and so we knew, I knew other people had doubts, but we knew. And then back to Youngblood, I mean, he has some sort of, um, I've said this before, some magic, some magic like, uh, uh, Castaway says the word, it's like when you, affirmation. Right. So Youngblood will be like, I'm going to, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it happens. I don't, he's such a hard worker, but he'll he be like. He manifests it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm going to. I'm gonna have a song with Halsey, and I'm like, yeah, sure you will. I believe in that. Yeah, I believe that. He's oh, affirmation or just manifestation. Ma manifestation. Sorry, that. that yes. Yeah. yeah. Being manifesting. You know, I think 
again, anybody that's listening that may like look up to you or your band and may go like, how do they do it? Obviously, hard work is the is 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 one of the ingredients. Absolutely, of any success. Yeah, hard work. Mm -hmm. No one that that's successful. Stops. I promise, no one that's successful did not work hard. No, I, I, maybe it looks like they haven't, but you haven't seen the 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 days in between. Yeah. yeah, right. And whether they make it look easy or hard is a different thing. Yeah, how I make it look is my attitude, right? Yeah. And my outward attitude to the world is. If I look miserable, yeah. you are going to be miserable watching me. Yeah. If I look like I'm having a good time, you'll likely have a good time watching yeah. me. Yeah. Right? So I think that how we do the hard work is as important as the hard work. Mm -hmm. Do we do it with joy? Mm -hmm. Do we have fun? And when we get hit with adversity, which you have, yeah. certainly in your own life, mm -hmm. uh, and I know personally, uh, not only just coming from Australia, being in the band, Every single time you got thrown onto a tour when you were younger, you went and you did it and you and you had that an attitude like you were enjoying it. I promise yeah. you not a majority of people actually aren't like that. A majority yeah. of people maybe they're anxious, maybe they're you know, self-esteem. I understand why what can keep people from expressing joy. Mm. I get it. I've struggled with it too. Yeah. Um, but I've learned that one of the ingredients of success is hard work. Yeah. A good attitude. Mm -hmm. And then we have to identify what we want and we have to talk about it. Yeah. If I want to be there, I got to talk about getting there. Yeah. And then it all starts to work together. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're really, if you're, if you're kind of acclimating your mind and your thoughts towards your ultimate goal and you're fo and you're you're almost in like a constant meditation of the things you want yeah and the things you want to achieve your brain is like constantly looking towards that and solving problems whether you in order to get to that yeah yeah and so it all just starts to work together and it and it becomes this like way mm. of life and i think that you guys do that inherently yeah it's just who you are it's all business i know like well it's fun when i get to come backstage and see you guys big chill party and then yeah all of a sudden it's like okay time to work game face for the game show. face well that's you know that's another thing like i know that a lot of us and and everyone like you know going before before you go on stage every time it's it's nerve-wracking you know there's times where you just straight away start getting the sweaty palms and you start yeah. shaking you're like oh okay i'm getting hit with that you know i'm anxious but as soon as you step out on that stage and mitchell's been so good recently at like talking about it on stage he's like once we're here once we're on stage he's like all of that is out of the door like this is this is a show just be free have fun as best as you can and don't you know don't worry about that and it's you know it's so such a throwaway sometimes to be like don't worry about it but the way that he is on stage when you're just looking at him and you're just listening to the concert and in those moments nothing else in the world matters nothing else in the world matters except for this show it's like you see surfers how relaxed they are because they spend so much time in the ocean and they actually have to be relaxed yeah to find their balance yeah they don't have their phone on them right. all they're thinking about right now is this one job and this thing and that's, that's kind of wave. back that's back on the manifestation. If all you're thinking about is, I want Chase Atlantic to be the biggest band in the world, which is still the ultimate goal. 
to be the biggest band in the world, not second, not third, not fourth. I believe it too, bro. I believe it, you know? Yeah. I believe that we have the ability to be the biggest band because, you know, even when we see this, you know, that it's getting bigger, the numbers are going up. We don't want that to ever die. We want to keep working. So that's called ambition. Yeah. Wanting to be, wanting to be the biggest band we can possibly be. And when people say, you know, what, what do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I just said number one band in the world. Cause that's what we want to be. Don't want to be anything less. And that just comes from, like you said, hard work. You know, you can't have three albums that do, you know, that do really well and you go on these big tours and then you go, okay, you know, that's it. We'll just sit back and hopefully watch the numbers go up. No, we we'll go back, get to make, work. make another album. Get ready to go on tour again. Try to beat the because the last record was your best record yet. Yeah, I just love that album. But that was such a real time of like vulnerability, and I, I don't know if if it was intentional, but the way that the album is structured from start from like paranoid being one of the first songs that we wrote during it, it's like that's how we're feeling about COVID. You know, we're like, what's going to happen to the world? Yep paranoid and then you go through it and it's a mixture of emotions because there was times you know when we get to out the roof where we were like we're having fun you know we're just we realize and like it's just us three in this house we can do whatever we want for like the first time we can do whatever we want and then it kind of goes back and back and then it finishes with wasted and it's like just kind of the ending of the somber ending is like he doesn't we don't care anymore yeah. it's like it's fine I'm excited about the next album because you guys are going away and you're like kind of walling yourselves off and going into your, into wherever you got to go. Yeah. Your zone. Yeah. I'm super excited to hear what comes from that. And also to hear about like whatever journey that takes you guys on Yeah, to find that zone and be there together. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting where kind of a bit of a sober band now as well. So, so uh, off the drinking yeah. Um, I, we've quit drinking, so it's gonna be like a really, really focused album. That's just where, interesting. Yeah, it would just—it's just been time, you know, as Australians and as band guys, alcohol's always been a part of our lives. Yeah, not quitting sure. drinking forever, but no, but you want to see what it's like. Break up the relationship with it, yeah. Because, and that's that's something that you know we may have dealt with certain substances in the past, but being able to break up with that reestablish your relationship with i think that's super healthy yeah when i think about mddn Mm. you guys were one of the first artists us and waterparks yeah and you guys have believed in me as much as i believe in you right and 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 everything any of us all do it's like family it's just like we're supporting we're all it's just it's very hard to explain and you know in this industry it's very rare you meet people and have get to have the experience that we've gotten to have together, you know? So like to see that it's possible and to see like, it's taken you guys 10 years to build the momentum that you have. Yeah. And you are literally just, just breaking through. Yeah. And you're already, you have this like really respectable and exciting career. Yeah. And you did it yourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is to me the most important thing about Chase Atlantic is you guys have carved out a path that is was not guaranteed. Yeah. 
The proof is in your albums and your music. The proof is in the 12 million people a month that listen to you. The proof is in the, uh, uh, you know, the big shows you're selling out and the arenas you're going to sell out. The proof is in all of it, but actually at the core and the center of all that is this really like small unit that yeah. does big things. You guys are like grounded, cool ass guys who care about each other. Yeah. Care about your families. You care about the people listening to your music. You care if you find a way to and I and and I guess it all goes back to like you guys the organic nature of your group that you've grown organically over time is the reason I think you have so many roots and yeah. the reason that you're able to be grounded. And I think that you in particular sit in the middle of like these kind of like the spectrum of the cave brothers. Yeah. You like sit in the middle in a really interesting way because you're one part of you is a lot like Mitchell. Yeah. One part of you is like Clinton. Yeah. And then you're in the middle also that like, there's also a, an element of you that is completely unique to you just like yeah. the two of them and i and like you have to give yourself and benji credit as well because i think when growing up and i and i really wish a lot of more bands got to have the mentoring that you guys do because if you look at the people who have worked with you if you look at Dwayne, if you look at austin the nicest Love people ever guys. because because of what you guys have taught us and what we've seen from you guys being you know the the huge band that you guys are, the huge success story, you know, the fame, whatever, celebrity status. But the fact that you guys, when we're sitting down and we're talking, it's just friends, it's brothers, it's from yeah. the from the very beginning, you know, we when I met you in Bondi to the next time we saw you, you know, being at the voice, you know, with all these producers and stuff around, like it just didn't matter to you. You know, you're like, come to the trailer, let's go hang out. Like it just we learnt from you guys that it's um, doesn't cost anything to be nice, to be nice, be sweet to the people around you, respect your crew, respect, yeah, be easy to work with, be easy to work with. Cause word travels and, you know, just don't harbor any, you know, any hatred or anything like there's, there's no, there's no reason to be salty or pissy about things. Just like around to the people around when you're, you know, when you're at a concert or something, just try and be as, as loving as possible, helpful as possible. Um, and it's all things we learned from you guys, things that I would like to think that we would have been able to do ourselves. You would have. That's very nice of you to say, but you guys are good quality people. But isn't, isn't it interesting that all the people that are in Madden are all super nice? Birds of a feather, baby. Yeah. Every artist that's having any success should be talking to someone. Yeah. You, so that they can work it out. You're saying like therapy? Or or therapy or just someone that has done it before and can help you make sense of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's been such a, again, like you guys have gone through the, the road that we have and the path and to be able to have you guys as advice, as mentors, but also as managers for you guys yeah. to help navigate us into situations so that we're not, you know, maybe in a situation where you guys were when you weren't happy with a deal or a contract, yep. we were able to avoid those. I'm pretty sure the Madden slogan is um, management by artists, for artists, or, yep. right? For artists, by yeah. artists. For artists, by artists. And yep. I think that's something that you definitely feel here. All right, dude. Well, thank you for having me, man. Can't wait for the album. It's going to be good. We're going to, we got a big year ahead of us. Big year. And uh, off to Tahoe. Love to you, make, bro. It's made the best album ever. Thanks, bro. Cheers.
All right, I hope you guys enjoyed part one of the Chase Atlantic series. Next week, part two, I'm speaking with Clinton Cave.